we always have a reason to praise. Amen. So Holy Spirit, remind us of all of the blessings, Lord, so that we can give you honor and praise that is due your name. Because Lord, oh Lord, how great are your works. How great are your works. In Jesus' name. Oh 
much authority you have. I really believe many times followers of Christ don't understand the magnitude of authority that they have because of the work of the cross. Yes. Romans 16, 20 says this, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now, when we read that scripture, there's kind of, Paul is using it in a double way. If you listen to my feel to the brims, hint, hint, you will find that the concept that he's talking about is the Roman soldier. He's using the terminology of the marching of the Roman soldier. And the soldier marched in short steps. Remember me talking about the shoes of the, the, the Roman soldier being uh, having the shoes of the gospel of peace? Remember that? And how the shoe was not just like shoes we wore, but it was more like a, a boot that came up to the knee that was bronze. It was a weapon. It had spikes of like almost three inches, up to three inches on the bottom of that shoe. And so he's referring to the marching of the soldier going forth. The soldier marching forth did not stop if something got in his way. Let me just say that. He didn't say, oh, here's a little kitty cat. Come on. No, they kept marching in rhythm together, moving forward. Now, the God of peace, it says in Romans 16, 20, shall bruise. And in that word, it doesn't mean like what we think is bruised, like a, a light bruise. It actually means to crush, to destroy, to annihilate. It's like a leg or a, a leg that gets crushed in a way that it cannot be put back together. This is what Satan is under your feet. But you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. You can't let obstacles get in the way. You cannot say, you know what, I got to stop because of whatever the enemy's obstacle that comes in my way, that I can't do it, that I can't overcome it. No, Satan is crushed under your feet move forward keep marching forward the lord has already done this this is the gospel of peace what is the gospel of peace your salvation the gospel of peace is peace with god god has given to you his peace he has given to you peace with god now i can boldly approach the throne of heaven now there is no obstacles in my way let the lord give you this revelation today you say, well, I'm in a storm. Well, I have a battle. I have things that have not yet come to pass. Keep marching forward. Keep marching forward. Keep because it will come to pass. Because the enemy is under your feet. Because that's where his rightful position is now. Because of the cross and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. The in Let me keep... Hear this, the enemy's rightful position is under your feet. That's where he belongs, not just in the end, but under the believer's feet. Because Christ is in you now. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with him now. And that belief not just in a moment, but that belief, that constant awareness as we face whatever circumstance we face, that you know what? 
no matter what the physical realm is shouting at me right now, I know where I stand spiritually. I know how I'm positioned spiritually. I know that the enemy's trying to maybe strike at me or scare me or try to blow some smoke of fear toward me. But you know what? He is under my feet. That's his rightful position. Now, that's where he has been placed because of the cross and, and Christ dwelling in me. We're going to sing that song again because we're going to declare... See, this is what happens as a believer. We declare how great are your works before we see it. We don't say, say it just after the fact. We say it before the fact, before we see it in the physical realm. We're going, you know what? Even though I have a rebellious child, oh Lord, how great are your works. I know that that child is gonna come to you. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Even though I have this challenge in this area, Lord, I know how great are your works. I'm marching forward. Come on. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Come on. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Oh Lord, how great are your works. You have made me glad. Oh Lord, how great are your works. I sing. Oh Lord, how great. Oh, you 
inside there's a burning inside of me for your glory for your glory I won't let the rocks cry out in my place I will lift my voice I can't stay silent you are good, you are good, you are good all the time. You are good. In the middle of the storm, you are good. In the downpour of the rain, you are good. In the valleys, in the floods, you are good. For you are with me. You go before me, you go behind me, all around me, your presence is here, you will never leave me. I love your fire, I love your fire. I love your fire Fill us with your fire I love your fire Your passion, your desire I love your fire I can't go without your fire Let's sing fire. Fire, fire, fall on us. Start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Sing it out, fire. Fire, fire, fall on us. Start a new
your fire to come in, to live through us and in us, to fire us up for the things of your heart, the things of your kingdom, God. Sing, fill me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Need you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. 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 He's filling us. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire, fire. Sing it out. Fall on us. Start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Fire, fire. Lift your voices. desire for each and every one of us to be points of revival of your love of your fire of your passion for people to know you God for for people to be touched by your love your healing your deliverance your salvation Lord You are 
worship you, sing it out. I worship you, and you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You never change, you never change, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my Never stop working. Never stop. You never come on. Even when, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop. You never stop. stop you never stop working never stop you never stop even when working. even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working never stop never stop working never stop you never stop working waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness him as that? Do you know him as the way maker? Do you know him as the one who could do things exceedingly above what you imagine or ask? That's who our God is. You can be seated. You know, it's interesting because this weekend, uh, well, it feels like a long weekend for some of us, doesn't it? Some of us, we uh, we had 20, uh, 21 people 
at our uh, Baptism in the Holy Spirit retreat. And uh, actually, uh, Carolyn, uh, the, one of the pictures there right before, right after the offering is the picture of the people that went. If you want to throw that up on the screen there for people to see. It was interesting because uh, we had a great time. This is the, how many, fourth, fourth one we did. And uh, God did miracles there. And I want to tell you something that we talk, why don't we talk about a baptism of fire? Why do we talk about that, that song about, you know, uh, we need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and, and uh, fire? Well, if you go back in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, there's a story. There's, there's the, clue, the crew. We didn't put, I actually have a video too. Uh, should we play? No, no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Uh, we, were, we were doing crazy stuff. I have a video of someone doing some, I think it was supposed to be dancing, but it, I'm, we're not sure. Uh, but this is the crew, and uh, it was a great time. Uh, all, all of those that came that wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, all of us that were there were refilled. It was a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I, I got there, and I, I sent uh, Jose a text message and said, I'm my fellow pyromaniac isn't here, so uh, Pastor Nick took over your role as the fire stoker on the fireplace. We have a big fireplace behind uh, the, the crew, there, crew there. But uh, in the Old Testament, there's a story, and it's interesting because Moses, we think that God is, sometimes we think God is different in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then our lives today. But the truth is, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the scripture tells us that God said to Moses, I am who I am, which is actually a, a, a they call it the tetragram in, 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 in theology. It's the four-letter name of God, which basically says that's, that's the characteristic of who God is. And he says, this is what you are to say to the Israelites, the I am has sent you. And then Moses gets his calling to go out. And it's interesting because when you read through this text, Moses has been in this situation where he was, he was hiding out. He was kind of like going away from the Lord and kind of goes up to the mountain and sees this burning bush. And in this burning bush, he, he has this encounter with a, this supernatural God that he just kind of just blows his mind. And God shows him in that instance that he will never leave him or never forsake him. And he says that I'm going to show you. And it's interesting because in the burning bush, what is the significance of the burning bush? Some of us would like a burning bush this morning, wouldn't you? I, I, told, I told them, you know, unlike our air conditioners and our heaters that do, do and don't work, they're not really working well this morning. They've been on since early, but it's cold in here. God's not like that. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and one of the things that is interesting, he says, I will show you through the fire, which fire in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is a symbol of the Spirit of God. It represents many, many things. The purifying effect of who God is. That God, you know, you know, God doesn't want us to be pure so we don't have a, a life. God wants us to be, a, be pure people so we don't be tempted by sin and we don't allow sin to destroy our lives. God wants you to be pure so you can be like Him, so you can understand who you are in Christ. Not just who He is, but He wants you to know who you are in Christ. And the fire also gives light to us. It gives direction to us. It shows us the way that we're to walk. And know this, that God says this throughout Scripture. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to be there for you. And I love how he says all the way back in the, in the book of Exodus, in the this, this second book uh, of the Bible, 
He says, I am who I am, and I'm not going to change. He didn't change for Moses. He didn't change for Jesus. Jesus didn't change for the culture around him. And God doesn't want you and I to change for the culture around us. He wants us to be landmarks so that when people look at us, they say there's something different about that person. I don't know what it is, but there's something different. I could trust them. I know they're safe people. I know they're people that have a relationship with God. And I tell you what, I want to emulate that. That's what God wants from us this morning. And if that's what your desire is, I just want you to raise your hand. Like if you're going to reach up to the burning bush and say, Lord, let me touch that burning bush. That Not that I get burned, but I get purified. That I get set apart for you, Lord. That I get, I get delivered from some of the addictions in my life. That I get delivered from my fear, God. That I get delivered from my anxiety, God. That I get delivered from my depression, God. That I get delivered from my worry, God. That I get delivered from my question about, will I ever have enough, God? Will I get delivered from whatever you have? The scripture says this, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So, Father God, we come to you right now in that name that is above every name. We come to you, that, that Lord, that the name that, that disease and illness and worry and fatigue and stress and anxiety and burdens are going to bow down and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, we come to you. The same God that met with Moses at the burning bush is the same God that met with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Is the same God that meets with us when we open our eyes and lift up our voices to pray. You're the same God. You haven't changed, God. Not one iota of you has changed. You are the I am. And when our situations come and our situations come before us, we say the same thing that Moses was commanded to say to the Israelites, that the I am has sent me and the I am is going to give me power and he's going to give me authority and he's going to give me victory and he's going to give me his presence and he's going to give me his peace and he's going to give me his loving kindness and he's going to give me all of his gifts so that we can be the men and women of God that we're called to be. So Lord, we come to you this morning and we acknowledge our need for you and we also acknowledge that you have the right to come into our hearts and send your fire, Lord. Purify me, O oh God. Purify each and every one of us, O oh God. Help us to be the best people, the best servants of the Most High God that we can be. And if there's any junk in our lives, God, I pray that you would just cleanse that from us so that we can be transformed to be the men and women that you have called us to be. In Christ's name we ask. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Hey, well, I don't want to put anyone on the spot this morning, but I know Gage said that Haley wanted to come up and testify. And I know that Haley's kind of shy, so I asked Gage to come up with her. Come on over here, guys. Come on over here. This side, this side of the line. You got to be on this side of the line. That's that's the non-seen line. So Haley, what do you want to say? Well, first off, I asked God for boldness when I was there, and me being up in front of you with all of y'all looking at me is one thing I would never do. <laughs> so um, I went into Thursday with just some uncertainty, a little bit of hesitation, mostly just because I had orientation for grad school on Thursday. I had so many other things going on. I'm trying to prepare for Monday, and every part of me said, 
I don't know, can you go? Can you not go? You have so many other things to do. But I knew that God had more for me. Um, I had been filled with the Holy Spirit prior, but it was just something that I hadn't been very consistent in walking in and moving forward with. And I know that he has more, but I really liked my comfort zone. I liked being where I was. I liked just kind of going through the motions and doing just enough. Um, but there was just, there was so much more waiting for me. And I just, even though I went in with a little bit of hesitancy, he just, he was willing to overcome that. I had some things I had to give up that I thought I had given up in the past. Um, some things that I thought I had completely repented for, but he gave me a new freedom. He gave me a new joy and I can just, I can feel the difference and he filled me in a new way. And I'm just, I'm just excited for what's next in the season. So. So I didn't know I was going to the um, to the retreat, and Pastor Dave kept reminding me, and Haley kept reminding me, and uh, I think part of that was um, as I trademarked my spiritual stage fright of going to that, and I went there, and I've never had a experience with the Holy Spirit like that before in my life. Um, so everything feels different from from there, and. Uh, being able to go there and experience that and be able to pray over people um, I love that feeling and it's something I need to keep working on as Pastor Lynn says we're muscle Christians and it's something I need to keep working on to to make that stronger so if you guys see me hiding over here and not talking to anybody or praying for anyone remind me what I said today thanks buddy I told Gage I said we knew he was coming, even though he didn't know he was coming. You know, my wife and I said, you know, the Lord told us that Gage was going to be there. And he told me a week before, he goes, I'm not sure if I can get off. I'm like, oh, Gage, you're going to be there. Don't worry. It'll, you'll be there. So it was good. Thank you, guys. Anyone else? Anyone else that was there that I want to share? Any, I'm looking around. I won't call you out. Privileged communication. What happens at the Holy Spirit Retreat mostly stays at the Holy Spirit Retreat. <laughs> no, we had a great time. It was really beautiful. Uh, it was really good. But uh, just throw that picture back up. Uh, it was really, it was a powerful time. And I want to encourage any of you, we're going to be having this. We have it every January as part of our Daniel Fast time because we believe that we want to make you the strongest believers you can be. It's not for Pastor Lynn and Pastor Nick and Rebecca and Pastor Sandy to be the strong ones. We want all of you to operate in the same power and anointing as your leaders. It's not us and them. It's not the people on this side of the pulpit got it and the people on that side of the pulpit don't got it. We all get it because the gifts of God are not for a select few. They're for whosoever will. And God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and make each and every one of you, no matter how young you are in the faith, no matter how long you've been in the faith, God wants to empower you supernaturally to live a victorious Christian life. Because if you do that, you're gonna walk in a greater revelation, not just of who God is, but who you are in Christ. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Do you know that? It's not, this is not for some televangelist or some superstar in the Christian community. This is for every single believer. And I'll tell you, the beautiful thing about that, that service, that Thursday, 24, 25 hours. It wasn't even 24 hours, was it? 23 hours, 22 hours, something like that. 
that we had such a powerful presence of God there. And not only were they baptized in the Holy Spirit, they all were prophesying. And God, you know, we, have, we are a prophetic culture in this church. And God wants the spirit of prophecy to flow through us. And each, you know, I was telling, I, I, won't, I won't pick out anyone by name, Tyrone. But um, I thought Tyrone was going to be a hard nut to crack, honestly, brother. I thought you were going to be a tough nut. And he was just like, boom. And, he, and then he started flowing in the prophetic gifting. And it was so beautiful to see how God just moves in, in, with signs and wonders in those that are open. So I want to really encourage you, if, if you want to know more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a flyer out on the front with some scripture you could read through. Talk to any of us that were there. We'd be more than glad to pray with you on that. But one thing that'll, that'll help you, come, yeah, come to the Thirst Conference this Friday and Saturday. It's free. All we need you to do is register to it to come but it's going to be a it's going to be like the holy spirit retreat here and uh, we are excited there's prophetic prayer appointments you're going to have and great opportunities to have the spirit of god minister to you and i tell you what what a bit better way to end our daniel fast than to have our friday and saturday morning saturday afternoon and then come together sunday next week and just finish it all up we're going to have teen challenge choir with us next week it's going to be a great time so i don't want to share all the announcements but hey i've got a couple other things i just want to share where's francine 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 come on up francine also got uh, she read through her bible last year and i didn't get to uh give you that last week that's for you francine and then we have our world travelers fred and judith i'll walk back to you guys so that you i don't know if you still have your land legs got back yet but fred and judy they just got back on a 600 day cruise i mean no <laughs> they were on a, a 217 day cruise and uh, they are back with us but they read through the bible i want to encourage you to read through your scripture uh it's, you know, God's got so much for you. You know, uh, the older I get in the faith, the more I realize I don't know. And the only way I know more is by being in the Word. So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, Michael, I took half the announcements, but if you want to come up and share the rest of them with us. How's everybody doing this morning? It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. God is good, amen, and he's doing good things as you as you all heard and seen what God is doing in your life, amen. That was exciting to hear about that Holy Spirit conference. I was talking to somebody yesterday about it and um, just how powerful it was in their lives, amen. Um, that's awesome. Amen. We want to welcome everybody. Um, any first-time visitors here, welcome to this place. As you, as you can hear and see, we're a church that moves. Amen. We're a church where we let God move and, and, and let God do what he needs to do. Amen. So we want to welcome you. Um, we want to welcome those also online, amen, that are watching. Um, if you are a first-time visitor, there's cards behind the pews. You can fill them out with information and drop those in the offering as they go by. Amen. Um, as a reminder, we are doing our Daniel fast, as Pastor had mentioned. Um, you don't need to be legalistic about it, amen. It's between you and the Lord, amen. And, and I pray that as we're doing this Daniel fast, that we grow closer to the Lord, amen, and that we would hear him clearer, amen, because that's what this is about, amen, in our relationship with God, amen. As uh, Pastor also mentioned, we have the 
Thirst Conference, prevail is the word that God has given us this year. Amen. And how many of you need to prevail this year? Amen. And, and some of you um, have prevailed and prevailed and God wants to do more in our lives. So I encourage you to sign up. I encourage you to come to invite, bring your family members. It's going to be a powerful time of the Lord and God has something for you. I, I'm going to guarantee that. God has something for you. When you show up, show up expecting. Amen. Because I know God is going to move in your life. And then um, our next, we have our ministry partner of the week. And it's, we have our in-house and we also have our, our, our missionary. Amen. It's Pastor Swapna. She is an awesome, powerful woman of God. Amen. She's a, a widowed, um, single mother. And she's doing this ministry that God has called her to do. Amen. And she serves uh, over northern India, amen. She started ministries. She's the head of that whole region, amen. She trains, she plants, she does it all, church. She needs our prayers, amen. And I encourage you, pray for her. Pray for her children, amen, because she's raising up the next generation also, amen, to take over. Um, we also, our prophetic prayer teams, amen. If, I know many of you here have, um, some of you have been involved, and some of you, most of you have been blessed, amen, by what God is doing. I encourage you to stay in prayer this week, amen, for the prophetic team as we're getting ready to minister, amen, that just God would move, amen, and confirm his word, amen. Also, um, year in giving, they're out on the foyer um, on the table. So if you've given or your statements are there um, for tax purposes. So I encourage you to, uh, to pick those up. Don't forget about those when you leave. Amen. And that leads me into our tithes and offering. Amen. God is, God is so good. Amen. And this is a fruitful house. And it's not by accident. <laughs> it, it's not, not on an accident that God has blessed us. Amen. It's because um, you guys are faithful. You guys are faithful to your giving. Amen. And God honors that and God sees that. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. And as we continue to be obedient to him, God just blesses. Amen. I, don't, I can't explain it to you. I don't understand it at times. Amen. But I know and I've seen it in, in my life and I know he does the same in yours. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that your hand is over this house, Father God. Lord, that whatever the, the, the call has been, Father God, and we've answered, you're there to meet that need, Father God. And, Lord, we just thank you, and we ask that you would just bless it in Jesus' name. We don't do that. A lot of churches do, but this is not one of them. You're here to be a participator. You know, Pastor David and I are called as your pastors, leaders, to be equippers of the saints. That's what scripture says for us to do. And that means we help you do it. 
We teach you how to do it, not you watch us do it. We teach you how to do it, and then you go out into your uh, assignment, into your land that God has given to you to have authority over, and you have victory in that land. You take down those giants, and you have victory in that land. Amen, Pastor Lynn. I'm so glad you went to the Holy Spirit retreat. I might get some amens. About... <laughs> I know you're all listening. I know you're listening. I'm going to talk to you about the baptism of love. A lot of times we don't associate the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire with the baptism of love, but it is the baptism of love. If you proclaim to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire and lack love, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, that if you speak with tongues of men and of angels but have not lo love, you are a crashing, clanging symbol of no use. And the truth is this, as people who are filled with the Holy Spirit... We are to be people of the supernatural love of God. Not just our own ability to love, because the truth is this, it will, it will wear out. You will run dry in your own ability to love. But with the supernatural love of God flowing through you, as you walk in the Holy Spirit every day, now, now remember, you've got to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit you will have the ability to love people, all kinds of people. And that's what the foundation for what I'm going to talk to you about. We are doing a love series. But I want to connect it to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because the fullness of the Holy Spirit is really the love of God being poured out into every area of our life. Receiving his love in every area of our life. Which has the effects of cleansing. At the Holy Spirit Baptism Retreat, those of you that have gone over the last four years, you know that the very first thing that we do before we ask to be filled, we ask to be emptied of the stuff. And a lot of times we come and we don't realize we have stuff. You know, it's not an awareness. We're not aware of some things. But as we allow the Holy Spirit, who's also called the Spirit of Truth, <laughs> I'm going to come in and tell you the truth about some things in your life to clean out so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we begin with repentance, which is humbling ourselves, see, to actually repent, you know, the fact is this, you know, the culture of our society doesn't like the word repentance, doesn't like the word sin, doesn't like any of those words because it has to do with I have to be a surrendered person. I have to humble myself. I have to admit wrong. I have to admit wrong. You know, that's what Scripture says. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But it's interesting because where does it begin? If you confess your sins, it starts with that place of recognition. So if the enemy can keep us from recognizing, if he can keep us being so proud to say, I'm not wrong, that's not wrong. Well, it's not wrong for me, my truth, my truth, this is my truth. 
See, when we have that attitude, which is really, Satan is behind that because it prevents repentance. It prevents freedom. This is not even in my notes. I just know it's the Holy Spirit. Because the spirit of truth wants to come in and search you to cleanse you so that you can be empowered with him. Beware of the rhetoric of our culture. That sounds so freeing, my truth. It is who I am because it's my truth. It's a lie from the enemy that is keeping you enslaved in the slave market. And he is totally, the enemy is totally in control of you. You say, Pastor Lane, you sound a little mad. I am mad because when people are enslaved, we should have a righteous anger. Whatever kind of slavery. Come on. You know I believe that. So the Holy Spirit came, has come, still comes to baptize us in his love. The Holy Spirit and fire. So I'm going to interchange being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And particularly the concept of being baptized in fire. Because, see, it could have ended with Matthew and Luke who speaks about this. It could have ended with, I have come, he, he will come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's read Matthew 3.11. This is John the Baptist. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He could have said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, period. But he didn't. He didn't leave it there. And a lot of times, guess what? We leave it there. Oh, I'll baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've been I spoke in tongues once. I'm baptized. You know what? Do not diminish the baptism of the Holy Spirit to that very phrase. I spoke in tongues once. It's not about that. It's about the fact that of the fullness of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, being baptized in his love is the baptism of the fire of God. So I'm going to focus in specifically on the baptism of love. You know, John the Baptist says that I baptized you for repentance. And we know that that was the being baptized in water. And we are to be baptized in water as an expression of our new life, our surrender, being dead to the old man, new life. But Jesus also was to come to baptize us with his fire. And we know that Acts 2, 2 and 3, it says this. I'm just going to give you some foundation. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Tongues of fire rested on each of them. It's interesting how the tongues of fire, it appeared, a tongues of fire on their heads. I always thought, you know, why is it on their heads? You know, one of the greatest battlefields for the human is your thoughts, is your mind, the thought life, that point. You know, it's interesting because one of the greatest battlefields for the love of God flowing through us to other people is how we think about other people. Our thoughts. Our thoughts producing decisions about other people. 
And so here the tongues of fire are upon their heads, which represented that fullness that had come to them. But one of the greatest barriers to our daily fullness, not just, oh, I was at the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat or I was at the thirst conference and I had this incredible moment. I'm not talking about one incredible moment. I'm talking about a daily fullness that you decide to have in the Holy Spirit is the greatest barrier can be our lack of surrender to the Holy Spirit based upon how we are thinking. Surrender has everything to do with how we are thinking. So the baptism of the fire, as is spoken about in the Gospels, is the baptism of love. And I'm going to show you in the Old Testament how love and fire were associated. Some of this is repeat for what I said at the retreat that we just were on. But Song of Solomon 8.6. See, I, I want you to know culturally, in their cultural context, they associated fire with passion and love. So here in that ancient love poem, the Song of Solomon 8.6, it says this, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death, passion fierce as the grave. It flashes or flashes of fire, a raging flame. The flame is the love, the passion. You know, when Solomon, later David, Solomon was David's son, and Solomon built the, the temple for God that was on the heart of David. And when the glory of the Lord came into that temple after it was finished, 2 Chronicles 7, 3, this is what it says. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down, and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground and worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord. And this is what they said. This is what the people said. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Hesed, hesed in Hebrew is steadfast love. Steadfast love in the Old Testament translated is mercy, loving kindness, goodness, steadfast love, unfailing love, faithful love. It's the idea of showing kindness above and beyond what is expected. In this word, in this term, in the Old Testament for God's love, the hesed love, the, the loving kindness, the steadfast love, it had to do with a committed covenant relationship with the people where God shows them mercy, forgiveness, redemption, favor, and grace to them according to what he has promised to them. But it was within the covenant relationship, God's steadfast love. Now, that's the Old Testament. Hebrew has said. In the New Testament, the word agape love, Christ introduces. The agape love is specific to the love of God as Christ introduced it because it's given to us through his grace. Agape love is that supernatural, unconditional, self-sacrificing love which does not expect a reward. This is the love that the Lord baptizes us with. Self-sacrificing, supernatural, unconditional love. And it's the standard of love that Jesus commands for his children. 
This kind of love is the love that we are going to be expressing to one another as brothers and sisters, but also to the world. Also to the people that do not know Jesus. This unconditional, without conditions, self-sacrificing love, supernatural love. We have received this love. Not by any works that we have done, not because we are holy, because we've earned it, not because of that, but because of the grace of Jesus, we have received his agape love that fills us. And now, because we are vessels of his grace, we give that love. Oh, how the world would be different if the people of God would walk in agape love. Every day. Come on. This is where we're going. So this is the love. We have hesed love. Agape love. See we, we dwell. Your dwelling place. Children of God. Is in his. Unconditional love. He accepts you. You don't have to earn it. You are in process. You know, a lot of times we come to the Holy Spirit retreat as an example, and then we realize as we're in his presence, areas of our life that need to be cleansed, areas of our life that need to have um, healing, different things like that. The, the Holy Spirit brings up those areas, not because he doesn't like you, because he loves you. He loves you. He's unconditional towards you. His love is unconditional. And what he wants to do is strengthen your life. What happens a lot of times with believers is that they fear God in an unhealthy way. Not fear in respect, but rather fear in an, in an unhealthy way. So they fear being in the presence of God or fear being in the presence where the Holy Spirit is moving because they fear judgment. They fear condemnation. But did you know that's not from the Lord? Actually, Scripture says, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. But agape love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Remember, your punishment was paid for. It was paid for on the cross for you. So you can be in the presence of the Lord imperfect as you are because he is making you more like him. You are in process. You have not yet arrived to perfection. Although you are a new creation as Father God sees you. He sees you through Christ and you stand before the Father. He sees you, but you still are in process. You do not have to fear punishment from God. So if you fear, you know, a lot of times people really fear being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, not realizing the Holy Spirit is in you. When you are saved, he's doing the work. He is the one. Christ did the work on the cross. The Holy Spirit applies that work to your life. You do not need to be afraid of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The other thing, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption confirms God's love for you. God loves you unconditionally. 
People who adopt children don't adopt perfect children. They adopt children. They select, they love them no matter what. It is the same. Actually, I adopted my daughter. She is legally adopted by me. I went before a judge, and they said to me, you will love this child in the same way you love a biological child. They read the rights to you, and you commit to that. There is no difference in adoption. There is no difference. There is no difference. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of adoption. He accepts you fully, completely, where you're at, right where you're at. See, when we are desiring the fullness of the Holy Spirit, there is a greater awareness of the love of God in our lives. When we are, I like to say, ghosting the Holy Ghost, you know what I'm talking about? You know what ghosting is? If you're not responding, you're ghosting, right? You're not replying. I know. Is it like they say no response is a response? You're all, you're all like, I don't know. What do you want me to say, Pastor Lynn, right now? I don't know. Okay, all right. The fact is this. The Lord wants you to have the awareness, the embrace of his fullness of his love for you. Because if you have a difficulty accepting the love of God for you, you will have difficulty releasing the agape love from your life to others. That's why it's so important to be immersed and accept the love of God in every area of our life because that's foundational to loving others. What's the greatest commandment? This isn't even in my notes. What's the greatest commandment that Jesus gives? Love God, then love your neighbor, even though you don't love yourself. No, as yourself. See, the fact is this, there's something about being able to first love God, embrace his love, gives me the ability to be secure in the love of God for me. And I know I'm all broken. I know that there's places in my area that I need, in my life I need to grow. I can love others. I can give grace to others. I can have this unconditional love for others because I know I am a, a vessel of grace. I know God is giving me grace every day. Ephesians 3.17. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, that you being rooted and established in love. That's how you're rooted and established. That's how you are a muscle Christian. That's how you are an oak of righteousness. To be rooted and established in God's love. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Combine two things. The spirit of truth, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it is also a baptism of truth because he's the spirit of truth. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're being baptized by the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth leads us and guides us into all truth, even about ourselves. 
right? So it's a, it's a baptism of truth. What does Paul say? I pray that you be rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's holy people to grasp. What is he saying? Is there something outside that I'm going to grasp? Go get that box full of love. No. Grasp is here. Mental. Grasp the information in your head. Grasp the truth in your head. Where did the tongue of fire dwell on? Your head. To grasp it in your head. You need to grasp the love of God for you. That you are established in his love. So that you walk in the power of God. See, the ability to receive his love and love as he loves has to do with walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. To receive his love. You know, I've talked to many believers, Christians, who have self-hatred, who have a low, what we call low self-esteem, whatever you want to call it, however you want to package it, and they think it's humble. They think it's being meek. They think sometimes it's, there's a level of holiness to it, and it's not. It's not. It's preventing you from having that baptism of love in those areas of your life so that through you, you can give love to other people. Because a lot of times, those very people, all of us can struggle with this. All of us. I'm not just you. All of us can struggle with this for whatever reason. What happens when we do not embrace the love of God for every area of our life, we harbor resentment. We harbor unforgiveness. We harbor bitterness. And when we do that, what is filling us is not the love of God, but those very things which are toxic and poisonous. And I'm going to say this. If you harbor those things... Bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, all of those types of things, hatred, those types of things, you are not healthy. You are not a healthy believer because it's poison. That's poison to you. That's poison to your spirit. That's poison to the way you think. That's poison that flows from you. That's why we embrace the spirit of truth. Lord, search me. Know me. Get rid of something. You know what else can come? And I was actually just thinking about this. The spirit of offense. That spirit of offense. Sometimes it's an offense for somebody else. That they hurt somebody. I am offended at that person because they hurt somebody. And that person told me. That they hurt them. And so I bear that offense. And I carry it. And therefore I cannot love that person who's offended me. Because they've hurt somebody. You're telling me, Pastor Lynn, that I've got to release it? Yep, I am. As I said to the Holy Spirit baptism group, you do not have the luxury of unforgiveness. If you think unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and offense makes you powerful, it doesn't. It makes you in bondage. It also makes you in bondage to fear because you are not 
you are not fully walking in the love of God. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, the agape love, drives out fear. See, the, the baptism of love, I feel like I'm just, um, I'm like digging deep right now. Because <laughs> I know this is what hit home. The baptism of love helps us to be convinced of God's love for us. To be convinced. That word convinced, where does convincing happen? Where? Here, right? Grasp, tongues of fire, grasp. Paul says, I want you to grasp. Now I want you to be convinced. Let's read it. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, period. No. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How are you a more than conqueror? By embracing the love of God. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Do not let your bitterness get in the way of that. The fullness of his love. See, we have the ability. You have the ability to love other people in a supernatural way. You cannot do it in your own self. You must have that baptism of love daily. I'm going to tell you it's not just a one-time thing. Because you can wake up the next day and you face things. You can face haters. You can face critics. You can face troubled people, unhealthy people. And you do. That's part of us walking in this world. That's part of us being light. That's part of us being salt. That's part of us being healers. We are Jesus to this world. You are Jesus to this world. And we know that God is love. Jesus is the incarnation of love and now that is what we are to be see we can love people supernaturally we can love God with a zealous passion remember the first commandment was you love God then you can love your neighbor as yourself that's what Jesus said the baptism of love that we have in our lives helps us to love God first and foremost before anything else that's where this love flows from it is deeply connected with the purification that God has for our life the flow of love from our lives let me just say this very clearly the flow of love from our lives is deeply connected to embracing the work of the Holy Spirit as a purifier in our lives. Malachi 3.3. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. The Holy Spirit's work of love is a purifying work. 
Purification does not weaken you. Purification strengthens you. Purification gives us the ability to have more of him in us. And as a result, that concept of being more than conquerors through him who loves us. Because we can overcome anything with the love of God burning in you. See, when we embrace, see, he's the spirit of truth, therefore he's the spirit of purity, purification. Starts with a, I love you, therefore I'm going to bring truth to you. I am going to purify you so that you can walk with power. So that you have no hunger, no desire for sin. See, one of the problems with believers is when they desire sin. When they have a appetite for it. When it's still pulling on them. And the fact is this. When we are walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we are embracing the purification of the Holy Spirit. We will not crave sin anymore. See, the baptism of God's love increases God's glory in our lives. And it, doesn't, and it doesn't come all at once. Actually, Scripture says that, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed. You are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So in the sense, you are what we call theologically already the new creation, but not yet. Meaning you are being transformed. You are in process. It's not all at once. There are leaps that you made. I'm going to tell you, if you, you went to the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat, you made a big leap. There was a big leap that happened in your life. There are leaps, but sometimes it's just small baby steps. But it's moving forward. You know, the new thing comes gradually, and then it's before you. It's part of your transformation. It's the small decisions. So many times we can get defeated if we think that this transformation is going to happen all at once. But rather the Holy Spirit is at work in the small decision you make. In the thought life to say, you know what, is that thought really what you should be harboring right now? Is that in your decision, is that the decision that you are to be making right now? It's the Holy Spirit uh, gradually, that's what the scripture says, from glory to glory to glory. It's, uh, it's saying, you know what, it's inconvenient, but I'm going to embrace the opportunity. It's like what Haley said, you know what, I'm starting my new program, my master's program. And I was down in San Francisco doing all of the, the training for it. And then I got to make it clear with all the traffic down to San Juan Batista and all this. It's in that saying, you know what? I'm going to do this even though it's inconvenient. Because I know that God has something for me. Listen, the enemy wants to make sure every leap before you that God has to have more glory in your life is inconvenient. 
so that you sit, go and sit in front of the Netflix or the Prime, Amazon Prime or the BBC or the Fox News or the CNN or the sports channels or whatever you want. You sit there deadheaded, clicking away at that rather than the leap he has for you to be a powerful believer. Nothing wrong with watching most of those things. <laughs> Within reason. But never as the priority to get in the way of the leap that God has for you. It's saying yes to something that you feel is too big for you or too new for you. And you say, I'm going to be uncomfortable. But you say yes to it because you say, I know he's growing me from glory to glory to glory. And I and the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to ghost the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say yes to him. I am going to embrace the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. See, you can feel uncomfortable in the new thing actually it's very normal to feel uncomfortable in the new thing and what the enemy says to you in the new thing it's not for you you do it wrong you'll never make it all he's trying to do is tell you something to discourage you so that you will not take that leap of glory that he has for you. He cannot stop you. You stop yourself. But if you listen to him, then that's when it stops for you. See, the truth is this. Part of our responsibility in his fullness of the spirit is being uncomfortable in the new thing and learning what he has for us. Listen, do you think that the disciples going out, when Jesus sent them out, I don't know if any of you watched The Chosen. It's a good, it's a good series. The Chosen is a really good series. And this third season, they send, Jesus sends them out to go two by two, and he, he signs them a re- It just reminds us like what we do in church, you know, like we all gather together. Okay, you two are going to go do this. You two are going to go do this. You two are going to go here. And then he says, you know what, don't bring this. This is what's going to happen. People, if they reject you, this is what you're going to do. And then they said to me, you mean to tell us we're going to go do without you? What? What you, we've seen you do? What are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to preach? And you know what he says? Preach what I preached. Everything that you heard, go out and preach. I'm going to tell you what you hear in this house. You want to know what you're supposed to do? Go do what you see is gone done here. Go do and preach what you've heard here. See, this is, I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable with that. You know what? It doesn't matter if you're comfortable with that. That's part of the fullness of the Holy Spirit giving you such love for people that you want them to be free. You want them to be healed. You want them to have the truth that sets them free. See, that's part of the baptism of fire. It's a baptism not just of love for God, embracing his love, embracing his purity, but loving people so much like Jesus loved them. Jesus loved us so much, he gave his life. He left the glory of heaven. He left the glory of heaven. And you know what was the greatest thing that Jesus sacrificed? Was being separated from his father. 
for us. Because in that separation on the cross, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the father had to turn away from looking at the sin of man. He had to be separated from his father so that in the open, that openness of that separation, we entered in. He said, now you're part. Because I went to the cross and died for you. Now you are a part. Now you are my co-heir. Now you are the children of the father. Now what I want you to do is go and love. Go and love. I want to challenge you not to resist the Holy Spirit's work in you. We can find other things to do. We can think it's not right for me. It's uncomfortable to me. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, and 8. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Remember, the flesh, the sinful flesh, is an enemy of the Holy Spirit. Does that say that in Scripture? Yeah, it does. You know that I always set you up. You know, <laughs> of course it does. And what does it say in Romans chapter 8, 7? It says the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. So remember, that's why we want to walk with the mind of the Spirit so that we don't reject what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in our lives to give us an empowerment that we need to walk out the mission He has for us. See, one red flag, and I can hear it and I see it in my own life when it happens, one red flag of not being full of the Holy Spirit is being fearful. Now you say, do you, can I feel fear? You can feel fear because fear is part of our emotions. It's, it is part of our senses. Um, and there is a safety that can happen in fear. But I'm talking about being fearful, full of fear, okay? Filled with fear. And there is a lot of that. Well, Pastor Lynn, how do, you, how do you know it says that? 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or does not give us a spirit of fear. The spirit God gave us does not give us fear. The spirit God gave us is not fearful. But the spirit God gave us is one of power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind, which has to do combined. So when, Pastor Lynn, when I know I'm starting to feel fearful in my response to life, whatever it may be, I start fearing, you know what I have to do? I got to go, you know what? I need to go into prayer and get filled again. For you have not given to me. A spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What is that? My self-discipline says, I go in and I say, Lord, take away this fear. It does not belong there. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. 
And we are not to quench the Spirit. We are not to reject the Holy Spirit's work. We're not to reject the Holy Spirit's conviction in our lives. We are not to suppress the Holy Spirit's voice no matter where you're at. You can be on vacation. You can be in Hawaii. You can be at a luau. You can be in your work. You can be wherever. Do not suppress the Holy Spirit's voice. Listen, we are fully believers every day of our life, not here and there. We are fully believers every day of our life, and the Holy Spirit's presence is with us. Let us not default to being a dirty vessel because we are craving sin, because we're involved in things that he has delivered us from. Because when we do, what's going to happen is the flow of love is going to also be dirty. The flow of love of God See, the baptism of love fuels you to minister. But not just minister to people, but minister out of a pure heart. Minister out of a pure mind. Minister out of a pure life. Oh, how we've seen and read in the news ministers, people who have done things in the name of God, pastors who have been impure vessels, who have uh, taken advantage of people, who have done bad things to people. And what does that do? That gives some victory to the enemy. And the truth is this, that's why we say, Lord, fill me, fill me, so that as I go out, every day you are a minister in the earth. No matter what your job is, no matter where you go with your feet, you are called to be Jesus' minister to the earth. And, that's, and, and if you say, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, you know what? You need to be baptized in the love of God to have passion for people in such a way that your heart breaks for the lost. Let me just say this. Let us beware of a self-centered Christianity. In the Word of God, I'm totally going off my notes here, but I feel Holy Spirit saying this. In the Word of God, there is no such thing as a self-centered Christian. There is no such thing. But you know what's been cultivated, and in the West, the Western world, I've seen it cultivated. It's all about me. So I come to church for something I need. I come to get. I come to receive. I come, but not to give out. The fact is this, there is no such thing as self-centered Christianity. I would even suggest this, beware of ministries out there that preach self-centeredness because that is more new age using scripture than it is the heart of Jesus who said I have come to give agape love and now you are to have agape love and agape love is not self-centered agape love is a giving love it is an unconditional, self-sacrificing love for other people. Beware of that. It is a very popular uh, genre of ministry out there that it's all about you. 
It's all about you. It's all about you building your own little life. That's not what it's about. He didn't come that we just are self-centered. He came to free us from being self-centered so that out of our bellies would flow a river, a river that says Jesus said would be the river of the Holy Spirit. And if it's a river of the Holy Spirit, that means it's a river of love to people. Holy Spirit. Having zeal for him. Having zeal. You know, one of the times many people misunderstand the scripture, but you know, when Jesus got angry, you know the story when he gets out the, the whip and he goes through the courts. It was the courts of the Gentiles and the women, actually, that he goes and he clears out the area where they're, they're selling uh, stuff there. That, and you say, well, What's going on there? Well, the fact is this, that all of these people were selling stuff in the place of worship to the extent that the Gentiles and the women could not come and worship. And Jesus was angry because he said, you know what? Do not get in the way of people's worship. Do not prevent people. His zeal for his house. It says this, John 2, 16. To those selling doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace? His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. He cleared the way. It was a prophetic act. I'm clearing the way that all people can come and worship me. I am so passionate for people. I have such a hunger for people to come to know the father, to worship the father to have the identity that they are meant to have to no longer be broken to be healed that I want to clear the way you know what our hearts should be so passionate for people that we say you know what I don't want anything to get in the way of people coming to know Jesus to have the heart of Jesus to have the heart of the father You know, the Lord wants to give you a supernatural, powerful love. In the, in the book of Acts, Peter, whom we love, because Peter, we can all identify, because if you read about Peter, he made a lot of mistakes, even following Jesus. But on the day of Pentecost, after Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, Peter stood up. Just like Haley says, she said, I pray that the Holy Spirit gave me boldness to speak forth. In that same way, same, same God, Peter stood up and said, you know what? I'm going to proclaim. And he began to preach the message, the first message of the birth of the church. But what it did is that that baptism that he had received showed what happened internally. There was an external effect. There was an external manifestation. So manifestation, not only was he received the baptism and it filled him, but now it was pouring out forth from him and he preached a message and if you go on and read in scripture, thousands came to know Jesus that day. His first step. But you find later on in Peter's life, in the book of Acts, where Peter also manifests an incredible love for God. Incredible love for people. In Acts chapter 10, it tells us the story of the first Gentile believers. And Peter receives a vision, if you know the story, he receives a vision 
from God and is called to go and is told to go by the Lord to the house of Cornelius, who is a centurion. And so he goes. So Peter goes to this house. Cornelius' house is seeking, is looking for the Lord, is desiring God. So Peter goes, but the important thing for you to realize about this story is that the Gentiles and the Jews had deep prejudice. I mean, deep prejudice between them. Deep hatred between them. And here Peter goes, see, they did not eat together. They did not um, dwell in any place together like a house. They didn't go into each other's homes. And now Peter is called to scale that prejudice. He is called to break that barrier of prejudice. So he goes into the house of Cornelius. And as we know the story, it goes on that Acts 10, 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, when he's talking to them, the house of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Not only did he come to visit, he stayed. Pastor Lynn, why is this so important? This is vital. This is vital to us today. This is an example of being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the love of God, in such a way that it breaks barriers of prejudice, discrimination, hatred, Whatever you want to say, I'm telling you, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as a spirit-filled person, there should be no prejudice in you. There should be no discrimination in you. None. Zero. And I'm not talking just about ethnicity. I'm talking about lifestyles. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean you are to love everyone. At the foot of this cross, it is equal. Everybody is welcome at the foot of the cross. No matter where they come from. No matter what they look like. No matter what kind of sins they've been involved in. Everyone is welcome at the foot of the cross. And you say, yes, but who's going to bring them there? You are. You are. How? Through the baptism of love. Not the baptism of judgment. That's not your job. It's not your job. It's the job left in the end for Jesus and the Father. It's not your job. Our assignment is the baptism of love. Like Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. Listen, there was no greater 
prejudice during that time than between the Jews and the Gentiles for certain reasons, for lifestyle reasons. Listen, the Gentile world was a very polluted world as we find later, as we read Paul's uh, letters. We find many things that they struggled with. But the fact was that Peter was called with the love of God to go and reach the, the, the house of Cornelius so that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which made the way for the Gentile world. Did you know that that was the moment for the Gentile world to begin to be reached? That moment. To scale the prejudice. I want to say beware. Beware, believers, of what you're cultivating in your thought life. Beware of what you're cultivating in your mind, in your heart, because there are Christians out there in our world, that are talking hate, talking judgment, talking like certain people are not loved by God. Well, they're immoral. You were too. You were too. You were too. Don't you forget it. We are grace vessels. We are not judgment vessels. We are grace vessels. And what gives us the power is not in yourself. It is not in your ability. You say, well, I have a hard time with this group or that group or that type of person. You know what? It's not about you. It's about his ability to so fill you with the love of God that it pours through you that you can be like Peter. To say, you know what? That was the old Peter. It's not the new Peter. It's not the one filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not the one that walks with the baptism of love. I don't know if Rebecca, you're up there. I want you to stand. I have such a heart. Say, Pastor, what do you want for 2023? I want all kinds of people to come to know Jesus messy, messy people, <laughs> broken people come know the love of God. Because you know what's going to put them back together is the grace of God. What puts you back together, what empowers you is His grace, is His love, is His agape love, is His unconditional love, full acceptance of where you're at. And you say, well, you know, what if, what if they come and they taint us with their sin? You know what? The power and love in you is greater than the sin in them. And the Lord, just like He's doing it for you, it's going to give them power to overcome their sin. And guess who's going to help them? You and I. We're going to love on them. You say, well, how are they going to come? How are they going to come? <laughs> Through you. Because you all interact with people all the time. You interact with them. You have an assignment. You have a territory. You have a field that the Lord is saying, go out now and get the harvest. Holy Spirit, right now, I just want you to say, baptize me in your love, Lord. Because when we lack passion 
when we lack passion for people around us who aren't serving the Lord, who are lost, who are dying, who don't know Jesus, who need the freedom, when we lack passion for them, when we lack zeal for them, maybe they're toxic, maybe they're angry people, maybe they give the pushback all the time, but you know what you do is you have that supernatural love, and you say, Holy Spirit, baptize me again in that supernatural love. You know, part of the reason I felt like this message was difficult, I knew it was going to be. The reason why, one reason why it's difficult is because there's a lot of messages out there in the church religious world. There's a lot of messages out there. And one of the messages that is out there is to be really combative with unbelievers, to be really judgmental or condemning of lifestyles of unbelievers and it's translated as a holy way to talk and it's not and as a result people see the church or people that call themselves Christian as hateful that we reject people when that's the opposite of the message of Christ. That's the opposite. That's the opposite. I came that they might have life. I came to heal the sick, the spiritually sick. He said, Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy or the ones that don't think they need me. I came for those who are sick. And, and I want us to have such a heart, a zeal for people to come to Jesus. And you say, well, they won't understand what's going on here. That's okay. They'll get it eventually. They'll get it. Know why? Because the Holy Spirit will help them. <laughs> Some of you are afraid to bring people. Don't be afraid. You know what? The Holy Spirit's going to speak to them. Be inviters. Invite them. Love them. Right now, Holy Spirit, I just want us to, it's all of our assignment. You know, actually today, uh, in a couple hours, one of the uh, directors of the uh, chaplains for the main jail from San Jose is coming to meet with our team. We're going to start a ministry down to the, the jail, main jail to be an evangelist, to be loving, to love people. That's just one way. But you all are amongst people all the time in your work settings, in your neighborhoods, in athletic events, in gyms, and wherever you're going, you're there with them. Say, Lord, help me to express the love of God. Help me, Lord. To have that agape love, that baptism of love. Some people may irritate you. They may be mean. They may be angry. They may hate Christians. They may be haters. Realize they're close to the kingdom of God. 
How do I know that God's at work in their lives, Pastor Lynn? This is how you can tell. You're in their life. God is in you. Therefore, God's at work in their life. If you're there and they're there, God's at work. Holy Spirit, let's just... How we're going to end it right now is we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with his, his love. May you have confidence. Listen, may you have confidence in the love of God for you. Confidence of the love of God for you. And therefore, you can love your neighbor as yourself. Because you walk in confidence, not in security. Being confident, being confident of God's love that nothing separates you, not your own failings. Listen, you say, I have to be perfect to tell people about Jesus. I have to be. No, you don't. You're in process. In your failings. In your weakness, he is made strong. He will make up for your areas of weakness as you continue to keep growing in him. Lord, right now, fill us. Lord, for those of us that have grown dull in heart for the lost, we've, we've grown dull in heart for the lost. We don't have zeal for people around us who don't know you. We've kind of just given over as, well, that's on them kind of attitude. Lord, I say, stir in us the zeal for the loss, the passion for people, knowing, Father, that that's your heart in us, to be passionate, to reach them, to love them, to show them you, to show them Jesus through our lives. Lord, we know you are real. We know that you have empowered us with your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for that in your name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Walk in the Spirit. And we will see you on Friday night at 7 p.m. Saturday at 10. God bless you. Spirit breaker. Break our Spirit break up Heaven come down Spirit break up Break our walls down Spirit break up. Hey.